Welcome to Reverse Psychology, the Frasier Rewatch podcast where we go backwards through every episode of the show. Tonight, we are covering Season 11, Episode 7, Maris Returns, which originally aired on November 4th, 2003. Whether our journey together lasts for years or just one day, I can't tell you how excited I am to take this first step with you. I'm your host, Curtis Shack. Joining me as always, it's our resident upside-downer, it's Ryan Sansone. Curtis, I've also returned, so we'll see how Brad does tonight. And speaking of Brad, also with us today, our three o'clock, Brad the Kirkston. I would like to know why your intro is becoming more and more like a 1980s space travel theme. What does that mean? What do you mean? It was like, we are going into space. The final year. Just just the way he talks. Yeah. (laughs) It's just getting more and more like like an 80s space uh, TV show. How would you intro this show if it was from the 80s and it was a space-themed show? Hey, everyone. Welcome to our space show. Oh, no. What? (laughs) I'll I'll work on it and get back to you next week. Great idea. That is is the last reference to 80s space shows we're going to do. Uh, before we get into the episode, uh, Frazier gets himself punched in this one. Oh, I was so, so excited for that. Yeah. it's. I mean, you you knew it was coming, so you really got to look forward to it. Yeah, but the problem was it was a letdown, I think. It was too quick, wasn't it? It was too quick, but also it, was, it wasn't really something he deserved, which is crazy because, you know, the rest of the series. The very interesting thing about this episode is we learned we learned so much stuff about what happened in this episode in the, in the previous episode we did. So it makes this episode very interesting to watch. Yeah. So what do you want to talk about, Kurt? To your point, uh, Ryan, about uh, how he didn't really deserve this specific punch. It wasn't even meant for him. Uh, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about uh, some of the moments in past episodes that some character deserved a punch and didn't get it. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. I would say at least once an episode, you're talking about someone deserves like a major punch. Yeah, I mean, I have I have two off the top of my head without any thought. Well, let's start with those two. I mean, obviously, Frazier should have got punched in the face by Nanny G's fiance, boyfriend, whatever he was at the time. Uh, once he figured out that they were oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, see, that's funny. I think Nanny G needs a punch in the face for for multiple incidences in that episode, but uh, not. I, Fraser was not nearly as in fault as she was. Fraser being naked in front of a bunch of children's on a stage that that deserved a punch. That again was Nanny G, though she knew what was going to happen. He didn't. Not making Nanny G always be the bad guy. Okay, Fraser deserves the blame. Brian, what, what did you have? What, what are your what, are you, what? What are some of yours? Well, I get Nanny G again when she makes every kid in a bookstore close their eyes so that she can then go kiss a guy, <laughs> okay, which okay. she not seen for a while. <laughs> I'm starting to think that's the only episode you remember. <laughs> but it's, it's traumatic. <laughs> uh, well, I actually was a little disappointed going back through the episodes. Frazier does not deserve getting punched nearly as much as I expected. Like, obviously, he does Frank dirty. Uh, you know, and he, he flips through Charlotte's notebook, like little things here and there. He tries to kill his dad, but like his dad deserves it. So nothing major there that I really faulted him for. I had I had one more Frasier, actually, one that I thought. Was it just him being a bad dad? No, just I thought he should be punched anytime he's at a restaurant talking to a waiter because he's so condescending anytime he talks to a waiter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had just, I really, I, I like you, Ryan. I thought this would be an easy task. And then I started thinking about the episodes and I was like, some of these are douchey moves. They're not necessarily worthy of a punch. There's one moment, there one character, it wasn't Frazier actually, surprisingly. There was one character I thought really deserved a good punch. And that was Niles for saying, 
Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I was shocked going back through it. Niles is a problem in like every other episode. Yeah, it, well, in that in that same episode where he says Thanksgiving wrong, he also uh, has a comment about a woman being a tasty little treat or something like that. <laughs> he that was surprising, right? Like of, of all the things he does, he uh, Daphne, you know, she decides she's going to bake her own cookies because she doesn't want to spend oh, too yes. much money. Uh, Niles buys a sweater, you know, without her knowing. Uh, Niles. Can't catch a banana. No, wait a minute. Back, back to that one. The, your, the, the, the idea that he was, you know, his pregnant wife is, is making her own cookies and he's like extravagantly spending on sweaters. I think the way she ruined that sweater for him, worse than a punch. He would have rather got punched. That was insane. Yeah, that's probably Roz's worst thing. Uh, Niles gets his... Roz's his, worst thing. Sorry, Daphne's worst thing. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, I still get them swapped sometimes. Uh, Niles, he gets his pregnant wife addicted to fast food in the late in the third trimester. Uh, I thought she got him addicted. Well, she's, oh, I got that backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at the time. All right. Well, that's fine. She's allowed to get him, him addicted. That's fine. Uh, he insults every pregnant lady everywhere by, uh, pretending he's pregnant, even though he knows that's psychosomatic. You know who needed a punch? That that guy who introduced him to that idea. <laughs> that, well, that guy could have used one definitely, uh, and the 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 nursing or the birthing lady. She could have used one. <laughs> uh, Niall steals from Fraser, which also that was one we missed for Fraser. He did steal from an old lady just because she made just because she said some truths about him. Yeah, I didn't um, remember the. I don't even remember what that was about. What I have no recollection of that episode. He well, she was making fun of him because he didn't have much of a life and he was fairly safe, and so he steals her uh, Olympic medal, which is aggressive. <laughs> and then Niles, just to prove he's a badass, you know, he goes and steals. I think one of Fraser's sherry glasses. Obviously, Niles gets his dad high. That's not great. Uh, but then we get to some of the bigger ticket items. He he sneaks away to have a lunch with his ex wife without telling his pregnant wife. That's crazy as hell. He. What did he do? I got two more. Apparently a lot. You've just... I, there's a ton. That's the thing. It's hard to go back through them all. You basically think Niles has every oh, other okay. line deserved okay. a punch. He, <laughs> well, the way he talks to what he thinks is a, sh- a stripper still is an egregious moment to me. Oh, yes. And just, just is absolutely horrible to her face. Real bad. But, but most importantly, like the absolute worst thing, the number one reason he should have got a, a shot to the face... He violated a sweater pact. You can't do that. Well, I, I think uh, I think uh, Marty might deserve. I mean, he's an old man, so it's hard to to suggest he should be punched. But he does a lot of commenting on and uh, being creepy at mostly Daphne, which is even weirder. Like commenting on her body. If it was towards Roz, it'd be a little better. But it's always towards Daphne. It's weird. Yeah. I agree. Also, he's a, just an absolute terrible father. Every advice he's given to Fraser so far has been horrible. This episode is a great example of, of really bad advice. Yeah, which is why I don't fault Frazier at all for trying to kill him. <laughs> I, I don't really appreciate all the Niles hating. I feel like he it just... Which thing did I... What thing did I lay out that was unfair? Just I think I left some things off the table. He's, he's just misunderstood. What? When? The whole time. He's just... He's, he's just, you know... He takes he's the, very articulate. It's hard for him to be misunderstood. He takes he takes pretensionism. I don't even know if that's a word. To a whole Obviously, new it's level. not. 
Um, he's so pretentious. It's like a whole. It's not a, a, it's not a religion. <laughs> to them, it is. To him, it yeah, is. Good point. Can we come to an agreement? Do we have a, a single moment we all think is uh, is the moment that should have been for the punch? Yeah, the sweater packed. Sweater packed. I think we have to be unanimous. Brad, can can you get on board with the sweater packed? Ugh. I'm just making. I'm just for, for for no reason. I'm just forcing you to agree. Do you want I, me to throw some honorable mentions at? at I you will, guess? No, the, the you same. you you threw fourteen thousand no, honorable no, mentions. No, 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 not for not for Niles for other people. No, Frazier. Oh obviously, the the only one that really contends to that is Frazier being naked in front of all those little kids. That was uh, Nanny G's fault. It was not Nanny G's fault. Can we? How okay, can we, can we? Can we? How about this? Can we agree that whoever deserves the punch, a punch was deserved for that? Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I think that's good enough. What about Anne? Anne could use a step shot. <laughs> yeah, but then she's gonna sue you. <laughs> yeah, that's why she needs one. How about okay? Some real honorable mentions. I don't even think you guys deserve it, but how about... also didn't ask for them. How about Brad? He was super pro-Hitler. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And how about you, Curtis? You wanted, oh, to no. eat a, well, you wanted to eat a baby pie. Wait, wait. We need a timeout. There's a character on this episode named Brad. So I think out of disrespect for the character, please refer to me as Brad Lee on the show like you're supposed to. Okay, Brad K. Remember when he was pro-Hitler? I mean, that's a, a pretty good nod. I don't want to reward your guys' behavior and like you know give you some kudos for that, give you a victory in anything. But it just it should be mentioned that you guys do deserve punches for that. You think bringing up things that we're not proud of and then saying we should be punched for them is a is a victory? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys were worse than anything on the show, Frazier, so far. <laughs> Again, not a victory. All right, should we should we talk about this episode of Frazier? I think that's a good idea. So wait, we landed on the nanny G moment. Yeah, that's canon. Okay. That's, uh, that's reverse psychology canon. So you want to talk about the show, I guess? We open with a rain cloud over Seattle. Daphne's pregnancy has her irritable, so Niles offers her a spa day. Frazier, unsurprisingly, ignores his radio job to presumably fail a private practice. The, the letters, need, uh, real quick. Letters, okay. letters were gold. Do, do your gold thing. Yeah, letters were gold. <laughs> I need, so for the upside down... Do, they don't like say much in this scene. He just is saying, I'm going back to private practice. Like this isn't something I should be aware of when he, it was super confusing later on when we get into the office. You're, you're on the, you're on the right track. You're you knew, ahead. you knew he had a private practice. You just now have caught up to his first day of private practice. This is fucking crazy. Like absolutely didn't expect. What are we on? Like episode eight of the season of the last Seven, season. I think. It's that's insane that that's when he starts private practice. I mean, maybe he does it earlier in the show, but fucking hell, what? Why are we introducing that in season eleven? He's been so focused on one of them CBs. You have about you have about two hundred and twenty five episodes to learn how he got here. Um, so so confusing. Can I say something that's been that's a really weird thing to watch? I don't know if you two have picked up on it. It's really weird watching someone be pregnant in reverse. Like every episode, I'm like, oh, she's less pregnant. It's like it's kind of like a mind mind game I'm playing with myself. What mind game are you playing? I don't know. It's just like I get so confused every single time I see Daphne. <laughs> Do you? Oh, she's pregnant, but she's less pregnant. Do you really think she looks like less pregnant? Like, or what are you measuring? Like, how big so. her stomach's sticking out? I think compared to like three or four episodes ago, absolutely. I think she's less pregnant. Didn't notice it once. Not even sure if that's an accurate statement. She she obviously in pretty much every episode has some kind of pregnant belly, 
idolized it pretty much. It's it's every episode. Oh. Yeah, yeah. She didn't just become skinny one episode and then go back. <laughs> Continuity mistake. Yeah. So I I have not been noticing. Oh, it's a little smaller this week. Like it's just a generic pregnant belly to me. Is that to be fair, Curtis? Is that because that's something a crazy person would notice? I would. You know what? Uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. <laughs> I think the answer is something that somebody that really cares about the show. Hey, tell us, you know, uh, people out there, have you been noticing the belly size of Daphne? You can tell us uh, mostly at r slash turkey uh, or reverse psychpod at gmail.com. Um, how about Niles actually admitting that he's wrong to, to Daphne? Is that surprising? I feel like he, he he's definitely, to Frazier, that would be surprising. To Daphne, I feel like he's very deferential. Well, because he, he made a comment about, um, you know, he understands how, how she feels being pregnant. And he goes, no, I don't actually. Well, that's, I mean, that's a real, obviously he doesn't know what it's like to be pregnant. There's no way to argue around that. I feel like sometimes some of the characters on the show double down for no reason. You know, what's interesting about this reverse rewatch is uh, this feels uh, more so the last episode than this one, I suppose. But this, the the last episode, they uh, had uh, Niles confront Daphne for being irritable with him the whole time. And, And this is sort of the episode that sort of sets that up. And it feels a little bit like, the end of a plot line like this was the because the entire end of the series she's been irritable and mean and so it kind of feels like this is where it ends but if we had watched it in the normal order uh you would expect oh he called her out she's not gonna be mean anymore but she totally is like she doesn't change at all no because yeah, he sneaks off and buys sweaters like without her knowing <laughs> he's terrible the rest of the season True. Uh, we have another bit of upside down um, intrigue here. Uh, so it seems like Daphne, you know, sh- she forgets to, f- she can't finish her sentence uh, when talking about mood swings. And we, I don't know if it's because she is dumb and that's her character or if she, that's just baby brain coming into play here. Like, obviously the mood swings are baby brain. I don't know if her forgetting the end of sentences is her character or not. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was just the setup to a punchline. Yeah, her, think- her saying, I would have come up with it. I'm not an idiot. Yeah, well, obviously the mood swing snap is, that's baby brain. But I don't know. She might forget things. That seems like something totally in play right now. Oh, so yeah. I wrote that down because the way she said stupid was cool. I'm not stupid. Stupid. Now, some of the listeners are going to be a little confused because they're going to be questioning, wait, did they pull a clip from the episode? Of yeah. her saying that, or was that Brad's impression? Because it was that spot on. Well, first Brad, of, Brad do your impressions. It wasn't Brad's because there's no Brad on the show. It was Bradley's. Brad K. Okay, um, do your impression. I'm not stupid. Now, Curtis, play a clip of her saying that, so we get the side by side. I'm not stupid. <laughs> Sounded the same to me. <laughs> Niles does not listen to her. Like that is a perfectly real. Call. I know she's snapping at him, but like we know he doesn't listen to her. Yeah. He had, Niles had a great line in this scene. Yes, I'm like an eager schoolboy on his first day of fractions. Nope. I, I mean, I, you're talking about, you're talking about Frazier said it. I said, I did it wrong. Sorry. Yeah, that's a good line. I don't know. I, I assume you have no idea how to even do fractions. Is that fair at this age? Uh, I'm really good at fractions because I like puzzles. I'm a puzzle guy. Yeah, but you're not very good at math. No, I love math. Loving it and being good are not the same. I'm pretty sure I learned that you plus me equals us. Okay. So do you guys think Daphne takes the eyebrow waxing, even though it's optional? 
Definitely. If she felt confident and fully secure in herself and her eyebrows, uh, she would not have come back. She was like, oh, it's optional. I won't take it. I don't need it. But she <laughs> she felt judged in that moment and thought, I definitely need to get that done. But I'm also kind of mad that he pointed it out. I don't even get how this was displayed. So, like, he gives her a pamphlet with the package, and there's just one thing at the bottom that's like, oh, by the way, if you want, we will wax your eyebrows. Like, that's a weird throw-in for spa day. <laughs> it's strange. Like, was that the only thing optional? And Right. Is there an upcharge for it? Like, do you have to pay extra? Like, isn't everything optional? If they're like, oh, so the, the whole package is these three different services. Uh, if you do one, you've got to do them all. There's no tapping out. Like, what? <laughs> right? Yeah. I did think it was funny that Frazier said he was taking a few days off his show. It's like, oh, so a regular Tuesday for you, Frazier. That's great. <laughs> We'd hate for you to have to work too hard. In a show of competence... Frazier cures a woman of her depression by being a creep who she can laugh at with her whole family. Niles barges in like he owns the place, only to bail on lunch with Frazier to eat with his ex-wife. I had to watch this episode twice because I was so confused when we jumped into the private practice and he didn't know his receptionist. <laughs> they they kind of bust through that line in the first scene and I'm just like, what? Wait, this he hasn't done this before? Well, she's a, she's a temp. He does say that she's a temp, that she has... Right. Yes. That was the confusing part for me, though. And that is Peggy, played by actress Valerie Mahaffey, who was in pretty much every single sitcom in the early 2000s. Notable role? No no notable roles. Just the same, like, just... two last jokes in every episode. Yeah, she did seem familiar. The first patient, Jane, is played by an actress named Sarah Silverman. She will then go on to do her own TV show called The Sarah Silverman Project. Great. Well, I will, I will add that uh, Sarah Silverman is probably known by the audience because she is best known for her role as Rain Robinson in an episode of Star Trek Voyager. Everyone knows she was the bitch in School of Rock, all right? That was clearly her whole role. I thought, man, I, how excited were you guys to see Sarah Silverman? Oh, very excited. Once again, I still hadn't quite realized that this was like his first day of private practice. I thought he was doing some like special psychiatry thing with her and was so confused when she left after like two minutes. Was so have bummed you, out. Have you tried listening and, and really paying again, attention? They, to the they buzz through it quick. Like I again on second watch, I was like, okay, I see what's happening. But they really cover very quickly that he's it's his first day of private practice. Like if yeah. you don't expect it to come, it's like it's very shocking. I imagine because this is presumably the first time we've seen this set. So anybody watching the the other way around would the incorrect way they would have yeah. um, they would have noticed like oh this is a new set like they would already be on edge of like what's going on and they'd be looking for those clues whereas you're like yeah we're I've been here I know where this is he's a, was, he's at work I, I know what this is I was extremely comfortable yeah, here too comfortable and I I knew he was going to botch a bunch of things I just didn't know it was going to be with many people so I thought I thought we had Sarah Silverman for the long haul I was so excited she was never someone I would have picked like with her I think she was doing crank yankers at this time. Wouldn't have picked it for it, Frazier. I was so excited to see how that would work. I feel like it's such a raunchy, I mean, for Frazier, it's such a raunchy, like, bit she has that I feel like she was a good choice. Oh, you mean my lady? My lady. You were in bed with my sister, and uh, <laughs> right in the middle of things, I guess you called her my lady? Sexy. In a howdy-doody sort of way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about Frazier being the original neckbeard? I didn't see that Yeah. Coming. Uh, I, is that what it all stemmed from? Is that is this where it started? Yeah, this definitely marks his downhill, I assume. I was not surprised at all that Frazier became this family's like joke. Their ongoing joke was because of him saying, lady." Yeah, it's not really surprising. No. You got to imagine that, that 
most of the women he's dated have turned him into a family joke. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because he is like a, he's not a household name, but like he is a quasi celebrity in Seattle. So it would be fun to tell that story, not just some rando, but like, guess what Fraser fucking Crane said? Yeah, but I don't, he hasn't dated yet. I don't think other than obviously a Charlotte. So like we, other than, yeah, I don't think we've seen him on an actual date, right? Uh, I, think, I mean, the Jennifer Tilly date. That wasn't a, he met a girl at a bar. That's not a date. Fair. Well, anyway, I so yeah, I'm not sure. It's not surprising that he's super embarrassing and people make fun of him forever, but technically haven't seen it yet in action. Alex is played by actor. That's the guy that comes in at the end who lasts 10 seconds in front of Fraser. Um, that is played by actor T.R. Knight, who would go on to be on um, Grey's Anatomy for many seasons. Oh, he's a real person. Yeah. He looks, he, he looks familiar. What was his name? Tierra? <laughs> T.R. Knight. He goes on, he plays the, um, one of the original characters on uh, Grey's Anatomy. T.R. is a tough initial set. People don't do that. I just clocked him as generic white guy. I did not. Well, that's what I I'm here not. for. I'm sure, that's what, I'm sure that's what he read for, for Grey's Anatomy. That's, <laughs> that, is, that is my role on this show, is pointing out all the generic white men. Oh, I thought you meant being the generic white man. He can be. He can have a dual role. Can he? No, well, he doesn't have the capacity. No. <laughs> so say, what's his other role? I would love to know. So when Niles shows up, he knows that Fraser has a ten o'clock, and he shows up a little after ten, and he does see somebody leaving the room, but he just starts walking in, like he makes no attempt to address the woman who's clearly his receptionist. Doesn't say hi, just barges in the door. And when she goes to him to be like, excuse me, like, you're not supposed to go in there. He kind of reacts just like, who the fuck are you? I'm Niles Crane. Get the fuck out of here. Like, that's a punchable moment. 100%. I mean, again, Niles is a terrible person. We know that. Yada, yada. But we do know that that Frazier's better at psychiatry when he has a partner. So, Oh, yeah. That was his big mistake this episode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, maybe Niles is just coming in to save the day because he knows Fraser can't do the job right, which is true. When Fraser finds out that Niles is talking to Maris, the way he says Maris, it's like Maris. Guess who? Maris? Yeah, there's there's a lot of Maris talk in this scene that got me super confused. Maris. Like, the Maris imagery continues to evolve, and I was so excited to get the meter. So obviously, super bummed out in later scenes. Can I- can I just interject to say that uh, at this at the time of this recording, we have released the episode where you first are introduced to the idea of Maris. And my, my mom listened to that episode and she she texted me uh, what you said about Maris. Uh, you said she's definitely rotund. And I was just, <laughs> she's like, she got such a kick out of your wild inaccuracy since you now know that was very much wrong yeah i don't i i still like they we're drawing a picture that i'm not not fully able to color in we got a first title card i'm listening niles brings the news of maris's gold digging polo playing argentinian boyfriend he advised her to end it and marty and fraser advise him to keep it a secret from daphne because they're so good with women his next patient feels invisible and ignored so he deftly tries immersion therapy Man, this one was uh, immediately I'm outraged that we don't get to actually meet Maris. So mad. <laughs> like, it's not surprising. We're seven episodes into a season that they obviously don't want to pay her. But man, was it annoying. Watching the show, it was the greatest idea we ever had. That's what I'm <laughs> Don't take any advice from Marty ever. 
He's so, so bad at advice. Like, it's not surprising at all that he's a single old ass dude. Yeah, all of Marty's advice, like, it's always on the the verge of, like, lie, don't tell them, pretend it didn't happen. Like, he's always telling them to do the unethical thing. Ryan, I actually had a question for you. Was it easy for you to watch about the, when they started talking about the Argentinian polo player because you knew from the last episode everything you needed to know? What? What do you mean? <laughs> you didn't have to like think about who that was or think about if you like missed out on something. You already knew it, is my point. Did that help at all or not really? No, no. I, this scene was so annoying. I, it didn't help anything. I was just mad. Well, I want to go back to uh, the advice because I think it's really interesting. Since we've seen part two, neither Frazier nor Marty, who both emphatically advocated for lie to Daphne, neither of them at any point try to smooth things over with Daphne when she's so upset with Niles by saying, like, it was our idea or, like, he was doing what we suggested. Like, they didn't even attempt to to take some of the heat off of Niles when he was in his, like, dark moment. They just, like, let him suffer. Well, this is... So this is another one where just figuring out, like, this Maris character is getting more confusing. Like, I, it's, it is wildly unclear why he rushed off to go to lunch with her. Like, it doesn't make sense canonically for me at least well i'm no one on this episode is divorced as of now and who knows by the time this airs i could be married and divorced by then if married probably divorced but there's you know sometimes divorced people have holds over their exes so that's kind of how i took it as i mean clearly he there's some sort of thing that doesn't make sense because most people would not rush sneak off to to lunch with their ex just because they seem frantic from this episode it seems like he wasn't so much sneaking off. She called him, which apparently was unusual. She seemed really freaked out. He uh, agreed to meet her primarily because she was so upset. And then he had every intention of being honest about what happened. He wasn't tr- intending to lie. He was just given bad advice. And then when she reacted so bad to the upcoming Maris phone call, he just kind of, in the moment, made a bad choice and kind of got dug himself deeper. Well, that's actually where things get really confusing for the Upside Down again, is because she says, uh, the things you put us through, and I don't know, obviously, what that means, but it is then more confusing that he would go <laughs> off to meet with her. I also completely and wholly don't recall what she put them through, so... <laughs> Whatever it is, uh, Daphne seems just like it feels like something you shouldn't do anyway when you have a pregnant wife is lie to them about seeing your ex. But uh, especially in this particular scenario, seems like the incorrect play. Whether or not lying to her afterwards, I don't even think that's the big deal. I don't think she cares that much about it. Should we talk about the patient? Yeah. So let's talk about Carol, played by Penny Johnson World. (laughs) She's best known from her time on The Larry Sanders Show playing Larry's assistant. I don't think that's true. I think she's best known as Cassidy Yates on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Well, I stopped with all the Star Trek references today. A Vulcan has three times the strength of a human. Yeah, we're not allowed to talk about that show. You started it. I did. And I know I'll probably go to prison. Um, <laughs> don't you think Frasier would have tried out the chair and... That's... Oh, I was so... It, it does seem like this is his literal first time in the office. It just... <laughs> crazy you absolutely cannot be te- this is something that would happen to you though curtis first of all it has happened to me but that's not the point <laughs> <laughs> i think the, the the chair thing is weird but after after he's like fussing with the obviously new chair that he just set up and hasn't learned how to use i kind of paid more attention to the office itself it's so full it's got an <laughs> entire bookshelf full of books it's got all this art and stuff like he is fully 
And none of this looks to my eye like things we've seen around the house. Like maybe they'll start showing up these artifacts around the house in later episodes because we haven't seen them yet. I think he like got new things to fill out this space. Like, do you need it to be that decorated? Well, he's private practice now. He's he's got to be the man of the town. Yeah, if you're not going to pay attention to your patients, you got to have stuff you like around you. Yeah. <laughs> and if his patients are going to leave that quickly, you got to have something to read. He was so annoying. The movie's like, oh well, my I have no chair in here. I guess I'll go to the hallway and grab a chair. Is a fucking crazy move. It made me so mad. It makes no sense. I, I did love in the background his uh, assistant Peggy is just reading Seattle Times magazine <laughs> and completely ignoring his struggle. Yeah, she's just a temp. She's the, she's the assistant he deserves. Yeah, 100%. This is definitely one of Fraser's more punchable moments, though. Dude, you yeah. just just stand. It's not going to be that long, man. Or it's not like the chair was had fallen apart. Like, it just was, it was going to be lower than he wanted it to be. Like, just <laughs> yeah, suck it up for, like, 30 minutes. True, just leave it lower. Yeah, that does seem fine. Like, it wasn't poking him weirdly. It wasn't, like, it was literally just... It was. It wouldn't stay up. Do they usually kick their feet up too? That seems like a weird move for the psychiatrist. Uh, so, uh sorry. What isn't that? What isn't he trying to kick his feet up on the the table? Oh, I didn't. I didn't notice that. I think that's what he's doing. That's even worse. That's that's way too casual. Right. This is still like the. I think the the most competent we've seen him as a psychiatrist in his own office though is not getting a chair through the door. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty good gag the way he kind of struggles and then winds up falling back and the door closing as she's saying she feels ignored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Makes, me, makes me feel a little more believable that he can't operate uh, Jack in the Box correctly, though. Yeah. Well, and I know, like, I get why the punchline ends there, but I'm just so curious. How did that session end? Like, how did he try to recover from that? Did she just storm out? Like, what? She probably stepped over him while he's still on the floor. Well, we're at the coffee shop, and Daphne answers Niles's phone, giving Maris what for. Afraid of how she might react, Niles lies about the lunch. Marty tries to help, but forces Niles to plan a last-minute baby shower. So, fun fact, uh, pregnant ladies, most herbal teas don't work for them. So when Niles goes to casually grab her uh, herb tea, probably not the move. When you say don't work for them, what do you you mean like it has, it has no effect? Or do you mean like they're not supposed to drink them? Generally not recommended, yeah. Okay. Well, Ryan, she's British, so tea's in her blood. So my Oh, girl. okay. Well, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, she's immune to their toxins. Yeah, yeah. I also wonder, like, in 2003, was the was the caution against herbal teas a thing already or not? I don't know. And to be fair, it's not all of them, but it, there's some that are fine, but most of them are not. We said enough. herb tea. Maybe he just got some, some basil and threw it in a glass. <laughs> Believe it or not, not recommended. <laughs> Who would recommend that? I really love the old school um, cell phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I expected her to recognize who had called before she answered the phone and heard the voice. Like, I, I kind of I was like, oh, right. Like, she had to actually talk to the person to find out who they were. <laughs> By the way, would you ever do that? If, you're, if your significant other's phone was ringing, they were in the other room and it was on the table. Would you answer it for them? I mean, I can read who the person is. So, yeah. Okay. I wouldn't. What? If it's an unknown, I wouldn't pick it up. What if it was their ex? I'd absolutely pick that up. (laughs) And then I'd be like, do you remember what you put us through? (laughs) I don't think you would have talked to any of your your wives' ex. And I think there's a better chance that your wives' ex would call Curtis before you. I I doubt her. uh, I doubt your wife's ex even remembers my name. Hard to say. I'm just going to ignore all of this conversation. (laughs) It benefits me in no way to discuss. 
<laughs> Again, jumping ahead, but that's like uh, Niles' line. There's just no good answer to that. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so this was interesting. Niles is so much worse at lying than Frasier, which, you know, I have to think that when they were kids, they got into hijinks. So I'm guessing Frasier took all the, the lying whenever they got in trouble. It feels like Niles should be a little better, though, at it. So bad at it. It's like, it's a, it's, it's hilarious how bad he is. Well, it, it'd be, it's fine to be bad at lying, but next to Frazier, who's like the goat of lying, like he's so good at it. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's weird. Well, when you it. consider that Niles is the younger brother, like clearly, uh, Frazier was constantly lying to Niles and Niles never, it was never revealed to Niles that they were lies. Like he's just, <laughs> true. he's just, he's lived an honest life and is so traumatized by the, the lies He's been fed by his brother. Uh, and to be fair, he doesn't come by it honestly, because Marty, a terrible liar. Why Why would you ever pretend like Niles helped change a tire? That's a crazy move for, for anyone. I mean, I don't know this from watching the movie uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, but if you're, if, you're, if you're brought into a story where you're supposed to lie, you follow the lead of the person. You don't add details that were not yeah. <laughs> given to you. You never open your mouth till you know what the shot is. You don't just say, and we also had a flat tire, like, the racetrack and one. the doctor was enough. Like, you didn't need a third thing. Fucking child. <laughs> yes, really bad lie. But then the big lie. You, no one throws surprise baby showers. Like, that makes no sense. I assume I, you guys I, realize this. I blame this one on Daphne for being bad at guessing. Y- yeah, like, okay, say that he was throwing a surprise baby shower. She should still be mad. She'd be like, you don't do that. It's it's a it's a it, well it sounds really like like she's so touched that he's doing it like she sounds like she really was hoping that he'd do that because clearly they weren't planning their own like baby shower anyway like they weren't there was no plan to do one at all we get some time but yeah it does feel like something she should have already had kind of planned at this point yeah she was just hoping he was going to do it and make it a surprise <laughs> or she was just planning to get really mad after the baby was born I think that was her plan A yeah but she also enjoys the party sure especially if there's a giant sub and a cake <laughs> well at Daphne's party it doesn't have anyone she cares about. But it does have station manager and stomach rubber, Kenny Powers. Frazier <laughs> nobly takes a punch for Niles, who is caught in his lie by Daphne, who runs off. I love that Niles buys gifts for people that are coming to the party because he wants to make sure everyone has a gift. So he makes that comment to the station manager that he already bought him a gift for the party. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it was a clever move and a good one. But this, again, speaks to how bad of a liar he is. If you look, all the presents are wrapped with the same exact wrapping paper. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. Like, he made um, no attempt to differentiate. Well, okay. You guys are giving him a lot of flack. This is a hell of a party to throw for two-hour heads up. Like, this makes no sense. I, first of all, I, I I have worked at a sandwich shop. It is not possible to get a giant sub that size on two hours' notice. Like you, you need twenty four hours a minute just to get that many people at the event. There's so many issues with this. <laughs> this is another one of those times we talked about it in the Lilith episode, though. The the writers just give them an unnecessary turnaround time. Like, why are you setting it to two hours? That's crazy as hell. To even invite that many people. They literally could have said, you're throwing me a surprise shower this Saturday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that still would be a crazy turnaround time. Although I guess, uh, again, jumping ahead, but I guess they did need uh, Frazier to have his winking right after the punch. Sure. That, and that's fine. But like, again, you can still spread out. The, you can even make it an eight hour ahead of time notice like there's yeah 
Just two hours is so crazy. Like just to get yourself home, like just yeah. that commute time alone, <laughs> it's going to take up what, at least twenty minutes. You guys are giving him flack for having the same wrapped gifts. Like incredible! How did he buy this many gifts in two hours? Yeah, it is wild. We do get uh, probably Marty's best advice: pants digging in, stomach making unholy noises. There's only one thing that helps: loosen your belt and pop the top button. Thank you, Dad, for schooling me in the ancient ways. <laughs> Obviously, it's going to be a problem later, but popping the top when you get too full always works. It was a great move. <laughs> I, I, I was surprised to see Frazier react uh, with sort of reverence to it. Like, like he's, he's kind of poking fun at him for, for you know, calling it the wise age-old wisdom or whatever. But he, he also seems to, like, not only take the advice but be thankful for it. Like, he's just being nice about it. Like, I'm not expecting that from Frazier. I mean, you guys have popped the top button before, right? This isn't a, that wasn't a revelation for either of you? It's not my first rodeo. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's an extremely logical thing to do, right? As it's pressing on your stomach, you pop open the button. It's, it would be crazy to me, for me to think that Frazier's never attempted that before or even considered it. Yeah. Like, we know, we, we know he's a tubby for the future episodes. Does, does Frazier not wear a belt? Because obviously this is going to come in later. Uh, again, I feel like we've been jumping ahead a lot this episode. But but does he not wear a belt? Because I feel like with the with the, when I pop the top, I've still got the belt. Like the belt's holding it up. It's fine. It, and so it's not a big deal to pop the top. Well, again, you have to remember, Frazier's a portly man. Like we don't need belts. <laughs> we mm. you pop the top, the whole thing stays up, which is a, a problem I have for later. <laughs> Brad, you're, Brad, are you a, you a top popper? You didn't really weigh in. Um, no, I'm not. It stresses me out. That's the best. Yeah, exactly. What? Wait, so I'm sorry. What stresses you out? Just having pa- pantalones un- uh, unbuttoned. You know, I like my buttons. I like to button things. I like to say the word button. You so. do. So this is another, actually, Fraser comp for you. You and Fraser are kind of same wavelength on a lot of things. Yeah, of course. Well, if so, if someone said, hey, just pop your top so that you're, uh, I keep saying pop your top, but that's not really what we call it. No. <laughs> If people say, if someone told you to pop your top button, would you be like blown away at that advice? No, I'd say, don't talk about my pants. They're my pants. That's what you would say to your dad? To my papa? Yeah. Right. I clocked that uh, Niall's kitchen was uh, aggressively round. Mm. I didn't like it. I don't think it's how shapes you are. You really don't rooms. like his his apartment. I don't know. Well, because it's not real. It's clearly made up. None of I this is real. I don't know why the, why they went out of the way to make this kitchen so round. It doesn't seem like a shape a kitchen would ever be. Maybe if you're building a kitchen into like whatever the corner of a castle is called. Tower. I don't know. I, I feel like uh, maybe it's just meant to convey fancy. Like it's just, it's like, is that doesn't what even have a people corner. do? Should, should I round off some of the corners in here? No, you shouldn't. No. Pop your top. You'll be fine. Oh, it's popped, baby. <laughs> so we, we get the punch. I mean, the punch happens. It's very quick. It was so disappointing. It was the most disappointed I've been in the show so far. He didn't even go down. Yeah. Oh, it just happened so quickly. It happened too quickly. It wasn't his fault. He didn't go to the floor. It was everything you hate about a punch. I do love Roz running out after the hot polo player. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, are you okay? If you're going to punch someone in the face, you don't just... He had no momentum. Like he just, he didn't use his legs at all. He didn't drive. If I was Roz, I wouldn't have gone after him. I did like dorm door slam man though. Yeah. I don't, the, I don't the, know who that guy, guy was, but what a move. <laughs> I love that he's in his doorman outfit. Like was he, was he given the day off to attend this? Like what? Is nobody watching the door? They must not be. I mean, there's maybe he was the backup door slam man or the doorman. You got to think they always have two people on call just in case one calls off. Someone's got to watch that door. 
in the fancy towns. More likely, just in case one of the tenants needs a last-minute party. (laughs) (laughs) Gerald, it's your turn. It's Niles again. Through another two-hour notice party. I wonder how many people there just work for the apartment. Here's the other thing. You've got to assume, because of all the, the clients that this has got to be like a weekday, right? This is a weekday party. Yeah, it's got to be. So I don't blame her friends for not being able to make it, but it's sort of weird that so many people, like all the, who did he get? Like we, we know some of Frazier's people from the radio station there. I don't know why they're free. Well, because the, they had the day off from work. Well, that's right. I, I just couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't imagine the rest of the people all lived in the building. Well, I also want to know, like Frazier scheduled himself a full day, but somehow like, he has time to go to this party, but has to go back to the office after the party. Like, how late are his final sessions? Yeah, he's trying to brand to build a business, guys. He's got to be working all day long. Is that why our business isn't getting off the ground? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to see the compendium episode where uh, we. Or you did. Episodes, you, you just watched it. It was last week. <laughs> No, no, where uh, we see, maybe that's the wrong word, where we see just what the the radio guys do all of the times Frazier calls off work. They're just like, oh, well, no show today. Let's just pal around Seattle. I mean, I don't I, I don't want to spoil, but I think it's just Ross. R- Ryan, how did you just say Seattle? It sounded like you said it's Seattle. I said it's standard. How do you say it? Seattle. You said Seattle. 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 Um, I'm really focused on it now. Seattle. 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 I hear it. Back at the office, Fraser helps a narcissistic woman who believes all men want her body. He demonstrates that winks and getting half naked can be wholly innocent acts that have nothing to do with her. His mounting successes in work life come to a crashing halt when a patient shows up with problems that mirror Fraser's, which obviously he doesn't know how to solve. Well, Shannon is played by Missy Pyle, another person who was in so many early 2000s sitcoms. Uh, best known for her voicing as the interrogator in Star Trek Lower Decks. <laughs> I was going to bring up her on Galaxy Quest, the movie, but you know, you got it. No way, dodgeball, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, so this this scene was like in so many ways so predictable, like almost, almost I really almost like, you know, the the writers are just taking a victory lap here because they've set all of this up and somehow have Missy Pyle for it. It's both super annoying and pretty well done. I was going to say, yeah. I think it was well, really well done. So even though, yes, it was so like, you could you could guess exactly what was going to happen. I thought it was well done. It was funny. The only thing I was surprised was I didn't expect him to go muff diving on her. That was a real <laughs> surprise moment. <laughs> yeah, Obviously, was- you expect the pants to drop, but I didn't think that they would then go one literal step for, further. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's so many things built to this. There's the fact that her whole bit is about feelings uh, objectified. Mm-hmm. There's the, the fact that they've already set up earlier that one of his patients uh, had a sister who dated him and had a sex thing with him. And, and she's calling to, to apologize for that. And like says on an answering machine, lots of guys have weird sex stuff. Like <laughs> <laughs> It's it, all it's, around it. It's pl- it's played perfectly. It's well set up. the The voicemail thing is this is the second use of voicemail. Just someone saying something they shouldn't do over voicemail. It was a little annoying. I don't think you would have the voicemail. In Stop your saying office. voicemail. It was an answering machine. <laughs> you keep going. We're in two thousand three. Whatever it is, you wouldn't have it set up in the in the office. You would, I guess, have your temp take it. Yeah, I think but, it's weird. That he has. I mean, maybe it's not weird, but it just struck me as odd that uh, a 
place where he's having these conversations that are supposed to be so private, it sort of struck me as odd that he would have a phone at all in the room. Right, yeah. He literally has a, a an assistant who is available to take his calls and can walk in if it's something urgent. Like, there's no reason he needs to have a phone there. Well, maybe they got to talk. Like, if, if they want to discuss something, or like, she, you would go to the assistant, then she would patch through to Fraser if they have to discuss something, like, real private. Oh, my God. I'm now taking that as canon because it doesn't make a lot of sense that he would have a machine get it when he literally has a person to get the message. So now I think his um, took the call, said, oh, yeah, I'll patch it through. Yeah, just waved it through. 100%. That has to be what happened. It's still crazy, though, to be like, oh, let it go to voicemail. You keep talking about the, the troubles in your life. Answering machine. Anyway. Whatever. You would pick it up and say, call me back later. I'm with a patient. I feel like the only thing, and I'm not saying it's unrealistic, it's just, it's a damn shame, is that he was being weird and creepy leading up to this with the winks and and the noises. Like, she should have got out of there so much earlier than she did, <laughs> the poor woman. Correct. This is, a, this is another time where some real basic communication from Fraser could have really helped. Like, look, I got punched in the eye today. I'm going to wink it uncontrolled. You don't even say punched in the eye, but you just say, look, I'm going to wink. Sometimes it'll look like this. And then continue. Don't, don't be weirded out if I wink at the beats, all the beats of your story. Oh, see, I took it as he didn't even know he was winking. Yeah, I don't think he did. But yeah. I do think, uh, kudos to Kelsey Grammer, because the, the winking, twitching uh, acting in this was really good. It, it played like a creepy wink and like an involuntary thing that was happening. Like yeah. it played both ways very well, I thought. Don't think that's something that happens when you get punched in the eye, though. I don't think no, you get the, he should have a black eye. <laughs> well, definitely that, but you don't just then start winking. I don't believe. I'm surprised. I'm surprised when you were complaining about how weak and and lame the punch was that you didn't point out how he doesn't even get a black eye. Like he just <laughs> clearly shouldn't be affected. Like there's no way he's developed a twitch. That, that, that punch was nothing. Do you guys think Kelsey Grammer wrote this scene? Now I do. I assume he did. Uh, Shall we talk about the uh, the final patient? Yeah, so Homer Simpson is the final patient. Really? Well, actually, I would say he was best known for his role as Steve Michaels on Elf. <laughs> Did love him on Elf. I remember that episode. Do you? Yeah, I've seen every episode of Elf. Um, was that on your? Was that a, was that a show you watched before or after Frasier on your '90s rewatch? I I, uh, I watched it on VHS the first time, so I'm going to say beforehand. You had um, the entire series of Elf on VHS. No, worse than that. I rented it from Blockbuster. Um, that's not worse. That's way better. It's really funny. How is that worse? It's, I mean, it's really a crazy thing to do. I, who rents TV shows? I didn't know they had an entire series on VHS before. Maybe maybe it was DVD. I just remember renting it from... Uh, that's Now, that's crazy. If you were renting a VHS from Blockbuster of Elf, that would put you squarely in the age range where it's appropriate to be watching Elf. But if you got the DVD from Blockbuster, you are a raging psychopath. <laughs> okay, can we get back to this is Homer Simpson? Because that's crazy. I didn't, because I, I've definitely seen that guy before. Oh, yeah. He does lots of cameo appearances uh, yeah. out in the world. Wow. You think you, think you know a cartoon? He's more characters than just Homer Simpson on that on that show, The Simpsons. Whatever, I don't. That's irrelevant. That's not interesting. I do like I do like how uh, kind of standoffish Homer Simpson is. Like he doesn't really want to be there. No, he doesn't. He's uh, standing in for the audience in this. Yeah. And this. And then Fraser saves the day. Just imagine if uh, if he knew what happened pr- previously. There's no way he would show up. 
we haven't talked about it, but I do like how he is giving this, you know, rehearsed speech every time and every time it gets worse and worse and more and more strained. I like that this this time he's just like, forget it. Just what, what's your problem, dude? I assume that's that's what you end up doing in a psychiatry office. You wouldn't get this like fun, warm opening or warm welcome. Because why would you? I have to tell you about my problems. That's why I'm here. Get our final title card. Don't cry for me, Argentina. Daphne returns and makes up with Niles, who promises never to deal with Maris again. For some reason, NPR is on, in the other room, revealing Maris's murder plot. <laughs> so one thing, and I don't know if you two caught on this, is when Daphne comes in, did you hear that there's uh, uh, music in the background? It's Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. Is it really? Yeah, in the background playing. Oh, that's funny. I did not catch that at all. I didn't know there was music playing. That's, that's why I'm on the show. Yeah, I didn't clock there's music in. Great, whatever. That's not interesting. I was going to sing Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. Yes, please. Please do that. Don't cry for me, Argentina. Argentina is my love for you. Don't cry for me, Argentina. I've never heard the song, and I can, I'm can. i proud to say I still have not. It is eerie how accurate that was. I think if I had the actual, I think it's Madonna track. Yeah. Nope. You would not know the difference. Is it not a play? I thought it was a play. I thought we were doing another play reference. It's a song by, I think, Selena. You're telling me there's not a play called Argentina, and then what, the big song is Don't Cry From Me, Argentina? Oh, you're right. It's from Evita. What? Who are you backing up? Curtis or me? Is the play Evita, or is it a Madonna album? Evita is the, is the name of the musical. Oh, great. Oh, you two are idiots. It is it is Madonna though. I was right about that. What? You think she was in a play? You think no It was a saying, movie. Yeah. The movie uh, movie version. So Daphne's way too nice. Way Yes, too- way too understanding. I hated yeah. it. Did yeah. Naz was so undeserved for the uh, he should have got punched. Not by Daphne, probably. I don't know. Do you think that maybe her hormones are affecting her forgiveness? Because she snaps over nothing earlier in the episode and now she's almost completely forgiving. Um, even though he hasn't, uh, you know, he hasn't really given her any reason to forgive yet. Like he hasn't fully apologized yet. She's already kind of like, it's fine. Yeah, that was annoying. I, I mean, definitely the 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 baby friend's definitely taken over. I do, I do not understand why the radio was on. I guess it makes more sense if he was listening to music and then it cut to like a news story and they were just in the other room. But that news broadcaster was the most bland you could... I've never heard... Maybe news was different in 2003, but this guy was so flat telling the story said, of a murder. We said it was NPR. Oh, it's NPR. It's NPR, Curtis. I listen to NPR these days, and it is yeah, not right. that flat. You get it. You you understand. All right, so uh, I maybe maybe NPR was just like being cute when they were playing Don't Cry For Me, Argentina, then. They're just making a joke. I mean, it was an Argentinian who died. Like Right. Oh, yeah. NPR's fucked up. Cannon. Well, Frazier plays this off with Homer walking out sobbing because Frazier is bad at his job. Once gone, Frazier celebrates the end of the workday. He won't do a full one of those again. I just thought this was another opportunity we could have punched Frazier one last time, and yet it ends on like a good note. What the hell was the point of that? Yeah, I mean, it also forces us to see his uh, bare legs again, which... Awful. Didn't need it. He is the main character of the show, so there are good things are going to happen to him. I thought it was Daphne. <laughs> I just, I didn't need it. It didn't do anything for me. Yeah. We don't get a lot of, like, Frazier just doing his anything. Like, we, 
when he goes on dates, it's like a speed dating of like a montage of a bunch of dates. If he's going uh, to work, it's like a montage of like an entire episode. Let's just crank out a bunch of guest stars and a bunch of clients. Like we, we don't often see him just like doing everyday normal paced stuff. It's always just like, let's, this is the episode where we're going to show that he has a career. Well, what do you want? I don't you, know. You want to watch him like filling out paperwork and stuff and be like, oh, temp, I got to fire you because you roll stuff to my office when you obviously shouldn't. That's not interesting. I mean, I'm not convinced that would be less interesting. I mean, they well, should at least take a shot at it. Well, Brad, did you think this was a good episode? I did think it was a decent episode. How about that? And if I had to rate it, which I do because it's my job on the show. Say, that, um, is, that is your requirement. You do have to give it a rating. Uh, yep. And I, by the way, stay in your lane. I, a, B, C, D, F. I, oh, sorry, a grade rating. Sorry. Um, no, a, just a grade. Just a grade. Grade rating <laughs> is what the you're, cool you're grading. You do a grade. So, my grade rating for this episode. <laughs> is, <laughs> I'm going to give it a B minus. Why? I think that's fair. You have to explain uh, yourself more. Well, I, I was I was hoping for like a, a gasp or a reaction. <gasps> oh, not a B, not my average letter grade in school. Thank you. Be- thank you for just answering the question because I thought it was an average episode. I didn't think anything was too bad or too good. It was just it was a little below average, so I went with a B minus. Not sure a B minus is below average, but that's fine. I'm pretty sure a C is famously, yeah, especially, especially for you. How about you, Curtis? But that's fine. Yeah. I mostly agree. I ranked this out of the 18 we've watched. I put this at number 12, a little bit lower end of the pack, uh, but not bad at all. I, I enjoyed it. I put it between match game uh, with Charlotte setting up Frasier, uh, but I thought it was better than Crocktails, the clip show, the fake clip show. Well, what did you like from it? And what did you I, not like? I, I thought that the, uh, the, the whole buildup and payoff of him harassing a woman was very funny. Um, don't love the way I said that, but it, it was yeah, funny. Jesus. <laughs> Once again, you need to get punched. Fair. Um, I, I thought that, I don't know. I, just, I thought it was funny. I enjoyed the episode. It had some great bits, uh, but it wasn't, I mean, if you think about the magnum opus that was yesterday's ending, uh, it didn't have anything to those heights. It, it was just perfectly good. Why are you saying yesterday? I meant last week. <laughs> We didn't even talk about it yesterday. What? You- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about you, Ryan? What What did you think? Yeah, I I thought Brad, you're being a little unfair. Like, definitely the the last scene was good, uh, and I think the whole episode was was decent. Uh, I I just my biggest fault to the episode is that they misused the guest stars. That's really about it. And I guess it's weird that they've started a private practice forum this late in the game. Other than that, totally fine. I thought it was a great episode. I, I give it a. Um, Probably an 8.4, which does feel kind of close to a B minus, but I liked it a lot. (laughs) So now I'd like to introduce a new segment, which is all about our favorite character, Maris. So I did some sleuthing this weekend, and I discovered some very uh, wild things about the Frasier universe. Uh, It turns out... Uh, after the show Frasier ended, there was a fan who, starting on like fan forums, uh, started writing fan fiction 
And he basically started with a spinoff centered on Roz as the station manager of KACL. And he wrote these paragraph-long premises of episodes. In all, he wrote 30 seasons of 24-episode premises for the Roz spinoff he invented. I'm sorry, how many seasons? 30. Three zero. <laughs> 30. It was like 700 episodes. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. Do they have like, what? Well, so this depends. If they have like real season arcs, insane. If he just like spewed word vomit for, you know, 30 well, times, 24 times, that's. We're going to read time. a few of the premises and I think you'll find they're more word. Well, but he, he creates. He not only creates new characters who were never in the Frasier shows, apparently he created other, sp- like he created like several spinoffs of Frasier. Some of them were spinoffs of his own spinoff uh, that were well, centered that- entirely around characters he made up that were never in Frasier. <laughs> that, that's wild. <laughs> that's some love right there. Yeah. So I thought this was an amazing story and I thought it, it deserved some love from us. And uh, specifically, after the Raw show, he did another spinoff centered around Maris. So I have uh, got a few episodes of his, uh, episode summaries of his, his uh, ideas for what an, uh, an episode of a Maris show would be. Now, this all basically centers on the various employees of her house, and uh, most of the plots revolve around her. Uh, Marta, who I think we met, she was the one feeding her it, from the straw. Yeah. Yeah. So Marta is the only character you'll recognize from Frasier. The rest are original. So wait, are these, these are all from after season 11 of Frasier or he just started writing whatever he felt like? It is not clear to me. I did not dive deep enough to get a sense for the timeline of where his episodes line up with the show Frasier. Because I don't believe, I don't believe Marta and Maris ever meet again. Once Maris flees. Well, what's crazy is this premise came up after uh, 30 years. I mean, not, I'm sure he didn't take 30 years to write them, but like presumably 30 seasons of Roz was on the air. And then he did another spinoff called Maris. So like 30 years after Frasier ended, they were going to pick up with Maris. Like, I don't know if they were going to do that in real time or if it was just <laughs> set during Frasier's time. Did they have to recast? I don't know. Looks like the spinoff was going to be called Hey Roz. Oh boy. That's a terrible name. Well, anyway, uh, I, I just want to read through some of these summaries. I'll, I'll start. This was from an episode called The Card is Always greener. When Marta's green card expires, she is forced to retake her citizenship test. The servants rally to help her learn everything about America. Tommy discovers that the biggest collection of literature in American history is in Seattle. Gabriel becomes convinced that it is somewhere in the mansion as Maris is a huge history buff. He and Kitty start searching for a hidden entrance to the lost library and soon realize it is accessed through Maris's bathroom. They tell Marta, but when Maris's schedule suddenly changes, Marta accidentally walks in on her naked and experiences hysterical blindness. What? (laughs) What? This puts a crimp on Marta's efforts to renew her green card and Kitty and Ben must appeal for an extension in her time limit. Later they get locked in the library and almost share a kiss before rescue comes. What is hysterical blindness? I uh, I think it's when you're so shocked by something that you go blind. <laughs> what happened to me? What What was so shocking that you went blind? Meeting you. Boom, boom, boom. What? Why? I don't know. The joke just worked. That implies like I'm super good looking or something. Like, what do you mean? That's or not what that is. means. Are you Are you suggesting that Maris is super good looking? Is that your take? I don't know. I assume so. <laughs> 
Okay. Just take it as a compliment that Brad went hysterically blind at your presence. Uh, no, thanks. Uh, Brad, do you want to read uh, your episode? Yes, Bradley does would like to, would like to read his. What? <laughs> Sorry, I just had to make one change. Um, just a huge mistake. In the in the Google uh, document, he just changed his name from Brad to Bradley. No, he just drew a penis. Did you see that? <laughs> what? Uh, right. Put in uh, four equal signs. Here we go. Maris be dumbed. The servants are annoyed when Maris implements a swear jar in the mansion. Ben, in particular, struggles to get through the day without dropping a few F-minus bombs in the kitchen, despite losing a quarter each time. Why? What is wrong with you? Why would you say that? <laughs> Why would you say F-minus bombs? Maris is using the money from the jar to pay off the, her parking tickets. Parking tickets. The turn to Maris her just desserts. Kitty tells everyone of Maris's scheme, providing them a real reason to quit cursing. However, a visit from Maris's snotty friends presents them a greater challenge. Why would you think this was a good idea? <laughs> Meanwhile, Marta realizes she can't identify curse words and asks Tommy to teach her them. I've never been it's, happier with my decision. It's so unfair to the listener to because they'll think that Brad was mostly just reading it because it is poorly written, but that he also shit at reading and they won't know which one's which. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. By the way, I don't know if it's funnier if we talk about these episode premises or if reading them is enough. I'm not sure, but I want to try it out. It's hard to to talk about. There's a lot of characters we just don't know. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, I think the hysterical blindness was the part that made me go, okay, this is worth sharing. That's like, funny enough. Ben in particular struggles to get through the day without dropping a few F-minus bombs in the kitchen. Like, I, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> get out of the kitchen, Ben. <laughs> Ryan, why, why do you share your episode? Alright, my episode is called The Ice Brother Cometh. Can't imagine where they got that name from. <laughs> Uh, the servants prepare for a visit from Maris's brother, Randall. They expect him to be a cold-hearted, demanding pest like Maris, but are pleased to find that he is very likable. Randall impresses the servants when he modernizes the staff room and gets a better union. However, Marta reveals that she always thought Maris didn't have any brothers or sisters. It is soon apparent that Randall has only come to distract everyone while Maris slashes their paychecks. Is I don't think that's how that word's spelled. I think he's British. Oh, okay. Paychecks and moves their accounts offshore. Ben is elected to lead a strike against Maris with the union Randall provided. The servants enjoy goofing off around the mansion, but stubborn Maris refuses to listen to their demands or take on any of their chores herself. Everyone is disgusted by Marta's betrayal when her impulsive desire to clean gets the best of her. <laughs> <laughs> Ben struggles with his new leadership duties and tries to come up with a speech to boost everyone's morale as Maris's negotiation tactics grow considerably worse. Oh my gosh. I didn't really get a vibe of who the Ice Brother is. Yeah, It doesn't I, seem like the Ice Brother comes. I, I, best I could tell, it sounded like the point of him coming was to distract while Maris like stole their money. But then why would why on earth would her plan to distract them involve unionizing them <laughs> why is that good for her why is that a good idea i don't know no idea uh i why would why is he ice brother that that just didn't make sense none of it made sense i, I mean some of it makes sense it just is a story we're unfamiliar with i think i don't know if you've i, I know you haven't clocked this yet but i don't know if you've 
you've been exposed to this, yes, but Maris is considered a very cold person, I think. So ice brother, like brother to the ice. Oh, we have not, we have not clocked that yet. Spoiler jail. Oh yeah. You're in the penalty box. Oh no, my bad. So super spoiler. I don't know what to do with it, but super spoiler. What 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 do you think of these? What, what do you think this would have been a successful show? <laughs> it's just it's deep. I'll tell you that it's thought through. I don't know if it's well. Thought There's through. so many characters and so many storylines and so much information. I mean, they're just paragraph summaries, but so much is packed into them. A lot's covered. I think we need to have this guy on the podcast. So if you have any connections with him, please let us know. Who do you know? Is there a name or something? Or you know, some sort of username or something? His name on the message boards was just Paul B. Oh, send a message. Say, hey, Paul B, we want you on our show. We got so many questions. I wonder <laughs> if Fraser Online is still active. People are still using it. I don't know. We should we should probably know. We have a Fraser podcast. Fraser Online sounds like a, a MMORPG where you just all play as Fraser. But you know how like on any website the the very corner has like the logo or whatever and you click on that and it takes you home. Yeah. Uh, on this Fraser Online, that is just a perfectly square zoom in on Fraser's face. <laughs> Fraser's online. I'll be reach out. We'll try reaching out to you. We'll talk to Fraser online and all them. But get at us. I assume yeah. you're listening. You clearly love Fraser so much. Fan fiction's one thing, you know. Fan fiction's whatever. Creating your own spinoff of a show, weird but cool. Uh, he wrote thirty seasons, twenty four episode long seasons of the Raw sitcom, and then thought, "I've got more in me." Yeah, not enough. There's, like, there's that's insane. Left to be trudged. Get on him. Get on yeah. you, Paul. Commit to it. We know what happens on some of the episodes of the Maris spinoff, but Ryan, can you tell us what's going to happen when we cover the previous episode next week? It's season 11, episode 6. I'm listening. Sure, Curtis. Uh, this title is obviously a joke. Fraser wouldn't listen, especially if you paid him. The title must be referring to the discovery that while Marty has a junk hip, his ears also don't work. Roz hooks him up with a shady specialist doctor. Niles accompanies Marty. He rants and rants and rants and rants about Daphne being difficult, but Marty can't hear a thing. The arrangement is perfect. Meanwhile, Fraser, who couldn't be bothered to accompany his dad, but instead spends the episode patting himself on the back for identifying that his dad has other problems. Ronnie, who? Uh, I just realized that you are the Paul B. of this podcast. We are forcing you to basically write an uh, episode premise of every episode of this show. I definitely have some appreciation for what he did. Like, once you write one, it's not that hard to keep going, especially when you start adding your own characters that no one could base any reality off of. <laughs> yeah, but 30 seasons is a little much. Yeah, but he, I, he's not writing 30 seasons. He's writing 30, 24 blurbs. Like, you could, it's not that hard. I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but like, you could. Curtis, I thought you said there were full scripts. No, 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 no. they're blurbs. No, no, no. They were blurbs. You read the entire script of Maris Be Damned. Yeah, like, I've already wrote like, what, 16 of them or something at this point. Yeah, like, true. yeah. True. I mean, Far Cry from 700 plus, but still. Well, I'm only allowed to do one, uh, one an ep, so. If you really well, that's not true. That's not true. You are free to write all kinds. I mean, I'm, we need you contrib- to write at least one. If you can get me the link, uh, I will. I'll contribute to Paul B's blog or whatever he did. <laughs> <laughs> all right. If any of that happens, we're going to find out next week. It's going to do it for us uh, this week. Uh, thanks to Kevin McLeod for our theme music. Thank you for listening. But uh, probably best if you don't engage with us. Uh, our show is on TikTok, Insta, YouTube, Twitter at Reverse Psych Pod. Uh, but you're not going to bother with that, are you? Uh, don't don't email us. Uh, reverse psychpod at gmail.com is the address. 
Uh, but don't do it. And don't rate, review, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever the show is. For myself, for Ryan, for Brad. Good morning, Madrid. I'm in love with you. Bing. Uh, Curtis, I got a, I got a, I got a little bonus prediction for you. It says your Curtis Sheck will become the second man to eat a Cessna 150. A what? A Cessna 150. What is a Cessna 150? It's a little private plane. I'm going to eat a private plane? You will consume a private... You'll be the second person ever to consume a private plane. By consume, do you mean purchase or do you mean eat? Eat. Like, take it apart, knife and fork, down the hatch. I mean, it'll be quite a show. Are you going to film it? I don't think I'm going to eat a plane and not film it. Like what, the, prediction, what do we do? the prediction says nothing about you filming it, so this is news. Surprising, right? Like, of, of all the things he does, he... Uh, <laughs> He, um, man, lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, the fuck did he do? <laughs> um, give me a minute. Top class show, top class show, guys. This is gonna be this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a tough reveal when you find out I don't know how to read.